In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, you plan to retire on your own terms and with certain expectations. But what happens to your retirement when the unexpected happens? Retiring solo. And what you need to know on today's Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. Along with me is John Shrewsbury. And to his right, Teresa Arago, joining us for today's program. Welcome to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. And we are glad to have you here for our discussion about retiring solo. Now, listen to these uh, stats. Nearly a third of men and more than half of women over age 65 are widowed, divorced, or have never been married, according to a 2021 report from the U.S. Administration on Aging. There's no question that we in the client meeting rooms have had mm-hmm. to go through the process of uh, a client death, um, whether it's one spouse uh, who is uh, losing another spouse or it's a single person, uh, and then the next generation is what we're dealing with. But it is definitely something that, because of our experience, is keen on top of mind for us and mm-hmm. has to be planned for for a client's retirement. Yeah, and I'm really almost taken aback at how this is one of the most ignored areas, or or I say ignored, maybe not neglected intentionally, but people just don't want to think about not being with sure. their their spouse or their significant other on into retirement and things of that nature, and and because of that, there's a lot of negative fallout that comes from that. A, a lot of people, uh, you know, where we see it show up the most, Scott, is when. A couple, one is the dominant person in terms of money and finances. Yep. The other's very passive about it, lets that person take care of everything. Then the person who is dominant in the finances passes away, and that person who's left behind is really lost. And they are vulnerable. They are susceptible to scams and things mm-hmm. of that nature. There's a lot there, I think, Teresa, that that people have to be leery of and wary of and more prepared for. As a matter of fact, we talked about that in the book that Janet and I wrote not too long ago. Yes, there's a whole chapter in there that talks about being prepared to be alone. And this is a conversation we have with couples. A lot of times they'll come in and one of them will say, well, I don't really deal with that. I don't need to be involved in the planning. And we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because there's always a chance you could end up trying to manage this on your own. So you may not need to know all the details, but you do need to know what's going on so that you're prepared when it's your turn to take over. Lots of places we're going to go with this today, but we're going to start on the show with a special guest. We are talking today on the Get Ready for the Future show with Carol Marock, who is an author of a book called Solo and Smart. And welcome to you, Carol. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Scott and John and Teresa. It's so good to be here. Uh, It's a real honor to uh, meet with you today and to talk about this really tough issue of aging alone. Well, your book, Carol, was released uh, this year, you told us. So it's relatively new on the shelves. But in the book, you talk about uh, considering the top 10 concerns of older adults. What Tell us what those are and why are they so crucial to understand? 
Absolutely. Uh, great question. You know, I was a family caregiver, and out of that experience, uh, once my parents died, I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I'm single. I don't have children. I have no one that will look out for me when I have issues like my parents did. So that really woke me up. And so I thought, well, where am I going to start? I, mean, I knew that I had to put together a life plan. Uh, I The research I did, it was all about money, saving money, finances, financial uh, concerns about you know retirement, which are all worthy topics. And finances, I think, is a central aspect to retirement. Um, however, I, I looked at all the aspects that my parents faced and what I had to help them with. Well, they concerned health, housing, and where they lived, the location, transportation, finances, of course, as well as uh, social connections, having a faith community, having life purpose, and uh, finding transportation, I think I might have mentioned, having fun and engagement and finding support that's nearby. Because if, especially since I don't have children that will look out for me, uh, nor do I have a spouse or partner, I knew that I needed nearby support, uh, not only from professionals, but also from the local, you know, friends and neighbors play a huge part in making sure that we're safe at home. Carol, we've certainly faced a lot of uncertainty in the last few years, obviously COVID being right in the middle of that, but also changing changes in the world, the markets, things of that nature. And, and this leaves many retirees and pre-retirees feeling very worried about their future. Why is it important for people who are nearing retirement to shift their perspective from what will happen to what could happen? Um, you know, it's, it's so interesting because uh, I even like focusing on those that aren't that close to retirement, but I call them pre-retirees because when I started looking at my plan, I was 55 and I thought I was too old. Hmm. You know, you really need to start looking at these uh things at 45. And, and when you uh, really start uh, evaluating and assessing uh, your satisfaction with these top 10 domains, you have an opportunity to not only see where you are right now in terms of how well you're adapting to these top 10 domains, but also you once you start researching and asking the right questions about these uh, issues that you might face, it really opens up the door to what could happen. And because the more you learn about a specific health issue or maybe uh, finding a ride, uh, it, you know, it's just it really opens your mind to uh, to really creating ways that maybe you haven't thought about before, because there are so many solutions that are either currently available or may not still be available. However, with with your neighbors or your friends, you can create those yourself. You know what I mean? You can create your own kind of uh, support system and to address some of the issues that uh, your team, in terms of your support team, your neighbors, your friends, whoever 
or your peers to help each other out. A study from Northwestern Mutual shows that financial anxiety runs higher among singles, stating that 45% of single men and 50% of single women are stating that they have that struggle. That's a substantially higher percentage than married individuals. So it was 35% for married men and 41% for married women. How have you seen this impact singles as they're approaching retirement? It's a huge concern. Um, I I think I have a Facebook group. It's called Elder Orphans. And uh, there's about 10,000 members. And we have these discussions every day. And we talk about the fear that many of us face. And however, most of us are over the age of 55 in the group. Uh, I I even have people that want to join at 45 and 40 because they realize I have a single child. You know, they have a child, Mm -hmm. but they're divorced. And they they estimate that they probably won't remarry. And and they're worried. And, And I'm so happy that people are worried about it because we have to start thinking about these issues straight ahead because if we don't, some of the horrific stories that I read in my on my Facebook group is it's frightening for mm-hmm. because people haven't looked at some of these issues and they don't want to. And I think it was either Scott or John, I apologize, but said that they just kind of want to sweep it under the carpet and not mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's true. However, there's no escaping aging. You know, all of us will grow old. Unfortunately, <laughs> may not like it, but we will. Well, and I think it's wonderful how you mentioned we always say the the solution to fear is education. So Absolutely. I feel like that's really what you're trying to encourage people to do is educate themselves before they face the challenge. So they're ready for it when it hits. And Absolutely. Scott, I'm I'm actually uh, realizing every day that you can't escape. Aging. <laughs> I, I, I feel you on that. No yeah. question about yeah, it. Yeah, Definitely so. Carol Marek is our guest today on the Get Ready for the Future show. She has a new book called Solo and Smart. Let's kind of reverse that. When you talked about uh, people who are joining at a younger age because they are currently single and they're thinking that they may live the rest of their life that way, what about the person that uh, needs to consider uh, things uh, if they are married but they may find themselves experiencing retirement solo because of unforeseen circumstances? Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, in the U.S. Census, I just read a data point uh, of the 2020 U.S. Census uh, that the average, uh, let's see if I can state this right, that uh, the first time a woman becomes a widow is age 59.5 years old. Hmm. 59 years old Hmm. is the first time, and I believe, and I'm sorry, I don't have that figure in my head right now, but it's it's really a high number. It's it's either uh, 60 or 80% of the women who become widows are at 59 years old for the first marriage. The second marriage, then, it's 60 years old. Uh, And to me, that's astonishing. You know, like you say, we don't want to think about losing our spouse like we don't want to think about losing our children. However, it's a pretty high statistic that uh, (laughs) that we're facing here and the likelihood that we will live without our spouse. Um, I, I don't like putting fear in people. However, just be prepared for it. Just know the the chances are pretty high that you will be without your spouse. 
Carol, when we do financial planning for retirees, one of the hot topics, one of the things that we dig into the most is how to optimize Social Security. And there's some complexity there with a husband and wife and how much assets they have to bridge, maybe delaying Social Security and things of that nature. How does all of that change when you're talking about a single retiree? Uh, well, you know, I have some major uh, gripes about how single people are extra burdened when it comes to, uh, you know, paying taxes and uh, mm-hmm. income taxes. So I won't delve into that. Uh, but it, it is an extra burden because I, mean, I, it, I have friends who are, uh, who are married. And they consider themselves solo agers, and and I can understand that because they don't have children to help help them out. However, they have the fin- more financial means than a single person who or a person who's been single most of his or her life, because we've only we've had to rely on uh, just our income for everything, right? For all our bills and expenses. However, single people, I mean, married couples, I, I think have, a, or partnered people have a, uh, have an advantage. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I do. I, obviously you've got, you know, uh, the benefit potentially of dual incomes, dual social securities. I, I, one of the things that we talk to retirees about is that we're actually more okay with a retiree taking social security, maybe early in their life as opposed to delaying later because they don't have a spouse to think about for that spousal benefit. And mm-hmm. so there's there's some advantages there that they can go ahead and claim Social Security a little bit earlier if they're solo as yes. opposed to a married situation. And if they're widowed, you have the option of a widow's benefit after age 60, and that can sometimes allow you to delay your personal benefit. So those are some strategies that we, we talk about with people for sure. Um, what would you say is the key difference between aging well and living well? Uh, I don't think there is a difference between okay. aging well and living well. I, I think there, to me, it's one and the same. I'm living alone and I'm living well. However, I'm also aging at the same time, which will automatically automatically put me in the category that I'm aging well because mm-hmm. I'm I'm living well. I'm taking good care of myself. I have supported myself financially very well. I put myself in a position where I can take care of myself. And my health is great. Uh, I, so, and I think that's why as early as possible, we need to people, I really encourage people to evaluate their top 10 domains and get a good handle as soon as possible on where they are right now and where they need to make improvements and start working on it if they're failing in certain areas. Carol, before we uh, let you go today, I want to give you a chance to tell us uh, where folks can buy your book. And then I know also know you engage on social media. So how, how can people keep up with you? Um, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Scott. My book, here it is. It can be found on Amazon. And you can also go to my website because uh, I feature the book there. I talk uh, in great detail about it. It's uh, Carol Marak, and that's C-A-R-O-L-M-A-R-A-K.com. And the book is on Amazon. Uh, thank you. And, uh, and if, you, if anyone or if you viewers have a question, please reach out to me via my website. 
And I will say, too, I was able to easily find information by just Googling solo and smart. So yeah. if you're wanting to get some resources, it's really easy to find. All right. Well, Carol, we thank you very much for joining us uh, today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your, of your day. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Carol. That's Carol Marek, the author of Solo and Smart, joining us on today's Get Ready for the Future show, talking about retiring solo. And her book talks about, really, I like those 10 things she talked about, the 10 Mm -hmm. uh, considerations to think about as an older adult. And there's a lot of different places that we can go here, guys, because I do think there's a clear difference in, in someone who's lived most of, if not all of, their life single and how they view retirement right. uh, as opposed to a couple that goes in uh, expecting to have a long retirement with each other and then being faced with the unforeseen circumstances. I do find it interesting that we talk about the risks to your uh, retirement all the time, and one of them is longevity risk. Yes, mm-hmm. This is really the, the – I, well, I was about to say opposite. It's not really the opposite, the but, it, but it's a different <laughs> – right? Because yes. one, in this case – we're still talking about longevity risk for the surviving spouse, mm-hmm. but in many cases, we plan out in general, unless there are overriding health concerns, to age 90 for both uh, spouses. But in many cases, I was really taken back by what she said, that the average age of a first-time widower, or widow, widow. was 59 and some, you know, 59.4 years old. It is it is a reality that that. As we've all pointed out, most people don't want to think about. Yeah, and I think that, you know, from a pure financial consideration, one of the things that you think about when you lose a spouse in retirement, you're going to lose a Social Security check. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, the larger check stays with the surviving spouse. Essentially, that's uh, Social Security will tell you that's not exactly how it works, but numerically, that's how. Mathematically, that's where you end up. Yeah, that's where you end (laughs) up. And so you've got that type of situation that you've got to think through. And and so you can't obligate yourself with all of your income because Mm -hmm. If someone passes away, that smaller check is going away. Also, you could have a situation where, depending on if you have a pension and you've made a decision to have a life-only pension, then if that person who is the pensioner dies, then that pension dies with them. And so those are two really big things that I think a lot of people think about in terms of what are the dangers uh, that you face in retirement in losing a spouse. And I think that that's one thing that we do shine a light on really well for people is that you can't think of your financial pieces as separate. It's all one big puzzle. That pension has a part. Social security has a part, but they're all part of one greater puzzle. So you've got to think of them together. And and I think separating them, what I love about her book and, and what we're talking about is you can't separate all these and have a a solid foundation for your retirement. Yeah. So when you look at that bigger picture, that puzzle, when it's put together, it's really all about income. It is the continuing flow of retirement income uninterrupted, even in the event of a spouse's death. Yeah, because you have to have that margin. If that spouse Mm -hmm. passes away and your income is impaired because of that, and it certainly will to at least the extent of Social Security, then if you've got all of your income obligated to pay bills, then you've got a problem. You've got to have that margin, that space, if you will, between what you bring in and what you spend so that in the event that there is a death, then you're not really 
uh, trying to make some real serious decisions at a really bad time in your life. Yeah, and you think about uh, one of the things I think about when we say income uninterrupted, a lot of times you'll say, okay, but if there's only one of us instead of two of us, the income need is going to be reduced. And to some degree, that mm-hmm. is correct, but it's not it, it's not cut not in half. Not half, no, yeah. because no. your electricity bill is not going to be cut in half yeah. just because there's one less person. Mm-hmm. And you, if you have a mortgage, it's not mm-hmm. going to go away. There's, they, they don't care if one, people, one, one person or 50 people are living in the house. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The mortgage is still going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think medical expenses is the biggest impact. I think if yeah. they were having medical challenges, you might find that that does make a greater impact. But aside from that, everything else, it's more like a third less yeah. at best. Yeah. And then the other portion of this conversation, too, and this is not really necessarily, I guess, the end game would still be retiring solo, but the long term care component of this, mm-hmm. right? If one or both spouses needs care, but in, in, in a surviving spouse scenario where one spouse before they pass away has a long-term care need, that's part of this equation too. Yeah, mm-hmm. because there's not anyone there to render care to you. Yeah, yep. And you've got to think about, okay, I'm probably going to need uh, some sort of paid care because if there's no one there and you can't take care of yourself, then you're really uh, up against it when it comes to to that from a financial standpoint. And there's statistics that we learned during our RICP training that stated that people will avoid care because they don't want to affect the next generation. And I, mm. I hate to hear that. Mm. And that's made me even more keenly aware of watching out for that long-term care piece with my clients. Yeah. But I mean, the statistics are a little scary. I will say, like, when I read through them in prep for this show, it said that according to the U.S. Census Bureau, there are more than 20 million unmarried U.S. residents aged 65 and older. And a Pew Research um, paper estimates that 27% of adults 60 and older live alone. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's uh, has lots of consequences to it. And so, obviously, it drives the planning question, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and number one, are you planning? A lot of people, just as we said in our interview with Carol, a lot of people just stick their head in the sand and... and and kind of whistle in the dark and hope it doesn't affect them in any dramatic way. But I think that's really foolhardy because we can't avoid what's going to happen to us down the road. Yeah. So the first part of this piece is as we start to kind of wrap up the show today about retiring solo, it still comes back, as John, you just mentioned, the planning process. So Mm -hmm. we, we referenced this earlier in the show about oftentimes one spouse is way more locked into financial matters than the other. Most often, in my experience, I think it would probably be yours too, that it's probably the male, but it's not always, but most of the time it is the male that's kind of in charge of the finances, knows what's going on, not necessarily controlling spending, but controlling where things are, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where the retirement Casting funds Casting the vision, are. maybe. Casting the vision, coming in with the idea of what we need to do and understands more from a financial side, and the other spouse does not. Yeah, and let's let's dig into this for just a second. If you think about it, statistics show that males – usually predeceased the female Mm -hmm. and for the female to be the passive one in that relationship as far as finances are concerned really is kind of setting them up for disaster in in the future because if they if they don't know an awful lot about the finances and then they're left with all of it Mm -hmm. then that's a a really hard thing to do especially as you get older I think the key is to the time. I have a client whose husband was primarily the financial mind and he did pass away in this past year and 
it's just added stress. She felt like she was prepared because they had had some conversations, but then there were pieces that snuck up on her. And it, I just hate to see that additional stress fall to her. So it's been really, um, it's it's so important to make sure you've got your honey, I love you file together. We've talked about that before. Make sure that your spouse knows all the passwords, all the usernames so they can get the information they need and, and to have all your ducks in a row. I, I have a client who came in just yesterday and he brought it in to show us. He calls it the book. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of stuff going on in his life, but he's got a book. Yeah. And and all of his information on his Gen Wealth accounts, who his advisors are here, and all of that type of thing mm-hmm. was all in there. But there was also lots of other stuff in there. All of his passwords to all of the websites that, that he uses and what have you are all in there. It was probably one of the more prepared people that I've seen uh, to be sure that things were okay when they when they are, are called away. Yeah, and I, I think it's important, too, to point out that when we see the couples come in and that's the situation that one is more locked into the finances than, other, the, than the other, that's probably a reason that they have made it to retirement as a married couple because I think it works well in life, right? Because yes. most divorces happen because of money. <laughs> butting That's heads the, over that, yeah, yeah, butting heads over money. So it's great that, that, that one person has kind of been, you've been able to work that out in mm-hmm. marriage, but when it comes to retirement the game is changing and i think that's great what you said about your client we also had we met with a couple yesterday in fact um where there's a significant age difference uh the uh, male is 60 years old and the uh, wife is 53 so about a seven-year difference and he has already chosen a straight life pension for his um for his retirement and is receiving it so too too late to do anything about that but now the planning process is and that's when we came out of the meeting room i talked to mark and i said that's our number one goal right there is is when what happens going to happen because it's likely statistically that uh the the man in that relationship is going to pass away before the female and she may live a very long life without mm-hmm. uh, a pension so our goal there is to find a way with their assets to replace that pension when the day comes. Yeah, because, uh, you know, there is a strategy of using life insurance to replace that pension, but you got to be able to qualify. Right. Mm-hmm. And the older you are, and if you are an active receiver of a pension benefit, you're probably at least 60 or 65 years old. That makes it really problematical to actually have that life insurance in place to allow you to draw that higher benefit on the pension, but still leave something for your spouse. Yeah. And that's a good, great consideration if, uh, if, if they're constrained on the asset side, right? Because mm-hmm. you could use that non, uh, non-taxable death benefit to supplement the pension when it's gone. But if they're, if you've quote unquote overfunded retirement, and, and that's a that's a phrase that we've become accustomed to using. I don't know that anybody really sees themselves at over as overfunding retirement, mm-hmm. but when you bring our uh, walk through the planning, the planning process here, the ready to retire process at GenWealth, we're going to walk through the income needs and the income wants and develop a monthly income plan for you in retirement. If your assets will more than support that income plan, there are opportunities to set aside assets for other reasons. For instance, replacing a pension in the possibility of a death. Yes, and if you're solo, there's a few things that are also uniquely important. It's important in general, but especially if you're solo. You know, we talked about making sure that you've got the health care worked out, but also estate planning. Yeah. What happens to all of your assets, all of your things? Um, you know, how do you create parameters for your assets and things when you're no longer here? And I think you've, you've got to think about the fact that, that you know, you've got things to, to 
deal with in the estate planning realm. You've got things to talk about in terms of the income planning realm. Uh, there's just a lot here. And then the, the psychological part of, of going through life alone, especially if you've lost your spouse. Uh, you know, oftentimes uh, older people who lose a spouse get very isolated. And, yes. and those things can really hasten the impairment of the, the person's cognitive ability. Yeah. And then you've got a real disaster on your hands if nobody is there to try to help you with that. Yeah, and that, I like what Carol talked about. You know, she said she was single, doesn't have kids, doesn't have anybody around her for a support system. She has to consider the community and consider the faith community and consider where she's going to get her support from. And that's something I definitely think someone who enters retirement married is not really thinking about not Mm -hmm. only do they not want to think about losing their spouse but they don't want to think about who would be there for them if they do Uh, and that goes kind of to another point when you build out the estate planning topic is the medical and financial power Mm -hmm. of attorneys uh, because typically if you have built a trust as a married couple you're probably going to have your spouse fill one or both of those roles Uh, but if that spouse is no longer there and then you move on single um, that is certainly something that's going to be need to be updated on the estate planning side. Yes, yeah. and even if you have kids, they may not live locally. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of families, their children are moving off, statistically at least. So if you don't have a child nearby, planning ahead to have somebody who's local that could fill that role is really important. Scott, just because we call it financial independence doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Mm-hmm. And and here at GenWealth, we've got, uh, I was just reading an article just a few minutes ago about how effective checklists are in financial planning. And so the ready to retire process is simply a checklist. And so let's walk through, you know, what all this means, because there are seven key areas of financial planning that you want to try to deal with, especially if, if you're approaching retirement and thinking about the whole idea of living alone. Number one is you've got to create a written plan. Number two, you've got to maximize your Social Security. Now, maximizing Social Security doesn't necessarily mean getting the biggest check, although it might. But it is maximizing its use in your overall financial plan. Thirdly, you've got to consider what is called a hybrid retirement. Maybe because you are uh, facing life alone, maybe work is a more important uh, part of your life because of the socialization that work affords you, plus the income, and then thereby taking the strain off of your retirement assets for a period of time. That could allow you to live in a very nice lifestyle in retirement if you don't have to live on those assets for an extended period of time because you're working. The other thing that you've got to think about is inflation. We're seeing the effects of that Mm -hmm. right now, especially on the elderly. And you've got a secure guaranteed lifetime income. That lifetime income that basically pays your bills for you, that you know that those bills are going to be paid. So that gives you some freedom to do some things in retirement, to be able to get out and socialize and do the things that you're interested in doing uh, and know that your regular predictable income is coming in to pay those regular predictable expenses. And then the last couple of things there is to prepare for long-term care and also to defend against rising taxes. That's a concern for a lot of people. Uh, There is very competent tax planning that can be applied, especially in retirement. So I I think the important thing is is to seek qualified help in that, and that's what we do here at GenWealth. Yeah, I want to go back to one you mentioned there, the considering a hybrid retirement. We think about that for couples so often, but if you are, you know, you think about someone retiring as a couple, but winding up being in retirement solo because of the loss of a spouse if they don't have 
a written plan, if they don't work with a financial advisor and all they have is a pile of assets invested in some way they don't really understand, they're going to be really tempted psychologically to think, I've got to go back to work. I can't touch this because I've got to create income for myself, and I don't know how all that stuff works. You think about having a written plan for that, that maybe you don't have to go back at all, or maybe you you do need to have some supplemental income, but your assets will help support your Mm -hmm. retirement income. And I think working because you want to is very different from working because you have to. Yeah. Well, and and I think that the whole aspect of work uh, into retirement is is really evolving these days. But more so with the the single person, mm-hmm. I, I can't emphasize enough the socialization, the the mental involvement in work, and and keeping you sharp when uh, you could be just sitting at home staring at the four walls and and dealing with the silence of being alone. Uh, work is something that is is very very beneficial. Work doesn't have to be a four-letter word. Uh, although it is, it doesn't have to be. It can be mm-hmm. very beneficial for you in a lot of different ways. And so I would just encourage folks to think about that as they think about this whole idea of facing life solo uh, in retirement or even before retirement. Well, that is uh, the final bell that you hear in the background there. We think. I, I didn't hear it, but I know that it's time for You're it. hearing so things, Scott. We're, we're going to call might, for it. We're gonna, ding, we're gonna, ding. There you yeah, go. We're going to check, <laughs> check your cognitive abilities. That, that means, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably should do that anyway. Okay, so it's time for our final thoughts. Teresa, we'll start with you. Your opportunities are endless. The reality is whether you've planned to retire solo or you're finding yourself doing this outside of your original plans, your future is full of opportunity. So you deserve a plan that helps set you up for success in your future. And starting now is the time to get going on that. I would say that don't let the future sneak up on you. I know that you could be listening to this show and go, well, that's not me. That's not going to happen to me. Don't think that way. I think, you, you know, fortune favors the prepared. If you're prepared and it doesn't happen, okay, you spent a little time preparing uh, and it didn't, you didn't need it. But if it happens to you and you're not prepared, then again, you've got a disaster on your hands. Here at GenWealth, we specialize in helping people get to and through retirement, regardless of whatever life may be dealing you and and whatever uh, situation you may be facing. So I would just say that, that picking up the phone and getting a plan started is a great way to really uh, come to grips with some of these issues that we've been talking about today. Yeah, we talked about retiring on your own terms at the start of the show, but it doesn't always work that way. There are lots of things that are out of our control, and you need to have a plan for those unexpected things in retirement. You can start the road to the retirement you dream of by taking the first step for free. My final thought is for you to visit 15minuteretirement.com. That's 1-5 and then minuteretirement.com. Or text the word CHECKUP to 501-381-5228 to get your free assessment. And that's all the time we have for this week's show. We thank you for being with us on Retiring Solo. What happens when the unexpected happens in retirement? Our thanks again to Carol Marek, our special guest, the author of Solo and Smart. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, leave us a rating and review. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. 
That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.